Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions Podcast. Today, I've got a new mate on here. I mean, I've heard a lot about you. I keep seeing you around. We're in the same circles, yeah. but we've just never met. So I'm really excited about this. George Gretton! Yeah! <laughs> Thank you for having me on. How are you holding up, brother? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the bus. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, I've been on... I did a podcast that was like virtually rec- like recorded like over Zoom. So, Zoom yeah, chat. Yes, but never an in-person one. What were you nice. doing on that? Was it a music chat? Or? Yeah, it was a music chat. It was about sort of songwriting and production and stuff like that. So. Oh, dude, I'm yeah. sure we'll get into them yeah, yeah, avenues yeah. and yeah. venture off to there. <laughs> now, the reason you're on here, though... I love doing these podcasts. I really do. Because I get to go on my social media and use it for good. Some people... Mm have bad mental health with it i used to have that Mm. always attached to my phone but now i can go on and just look at talent Mm. and be a little talent scout (laughs) and then meet amazing people from doing it but the video that i saw was the one are you in a church yeah 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 it's it's a recent one isn't it yeah we recorded that for so far sounds um and yeah just out of the blue they emailed and asked us to put together a video for them like a live stream recorded gig um pre-recorded but yeah to so they could live stream it and yeah it was just an amazing experience we went to st mary's church in nottingham and yeah just wow. we had sort of free reign of it and just recorded and there was just six of us doing the whole thing and produced this like 25 minute gig and it so, was an yeah, amazing experience so far actually email you yeah and then want you to go and do your own production of it. Yeah, so basically we had a gig booked with so far um, about March last year and it got cancelled obviously because of COVID. Mm. Um, and they basically said like, we'll let you know if anything else pops up. And then mm. out of the blue, they emailed us and just basically said like, we want uh, these videos, we're partnering with Jameson. So there's a little bit of budget for you to like hire a venue, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, we just want you to send us a send us a, a video. So Dude. we did it. And yeah, it's, it's, the response has been amazing. And I well, loved it. Every element of it is done perfectly. Whoever's done the audio side of things, obviously the performance <laughs> side of things, the <laughs> filmmaking aspect, it's perfect. So how did you conduct the perfect team to make that? They were just all my mates, basically. <laughs> <laughs> they were just all my mates. Um, hey, hey, lads, if you're watching this, can you be my mate? <laughs> well, literally, my uh, my buddy Sam Coffey is just uh, an amazing videographer, and he um he I went to school with him, and he has just started doing his freelance thing, and he's been shooting a lot of stuff. And mm. so as soon as they said that, I just thought, yeah, I'd love to get him involved. Um, my guitarist Sam, he's uh, also known as Mixed by Sam, and he mixes a lot of music for Nottingham musicians. So. Mm. He was the perfect guy to turn to to mix all the audio, um, and then my drummer, and then those two guys um, who recorded all the audio. Um, so yeah, we just got together. It was it was amazing. It was such a good experience, and uh, yeah, the response has been amazing as well. Dude, you, how many seen it now? What what views are you kicking up to? Uh, at the time of recording, probably like thirty two thousand. I think. Oh mate, <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, isn't it? man. Imagine. Exciting. Being in a room with that many people listening to your track, I've got goosebumps now. Thinking <laughs> yeah, <of it. laughs> yeah, I know. I, I like. I, it's strange to think of it like that because these are just tunes that we've like just made in my bedroom, basically, mm. and just taken it first, taken into a massive church and hearing all the natural reverb and stuff was one surreal moment. But then, yeah, thinking of it like that, like thirty-two thousand different people listen to it because. I think there's a good chat to be had on views and likes and that sort of side of things on social mm. media, but. 
maybe it was an ugly side when I first got into music because I got into it really late. I was probably 21, mm-hmm. 22, and you may have heard my story, but it was through a knife crime incident, lost a friend, mm-hmm. found poetry, mm-hmm. and I was told all my life dyslexic. But then I, I got encouraged by my dad, who was a great catalyst to why I started creating more and more and more mm-hmm. and going off and performing. Mm-hmm. And I put it on Facebook when Facebook was actually good. Facebook yeah, was yeah, Facebook back in the day. Back yeah. in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I did this rhythmical mic page and I hit the algorithms. I didn't know what algorithms was then, mm. but I was posting every Tuesday mm. and the views would go from the first one where I think people probably felt sorry for me. <laughs> like, oh, look what Mike is trying now. <laughs> but we get maybe 600 views to a thousand, which is nice yeah. looking. And then I kept putting, kept putting, kept putting. And it got shared on a, a big page once, and it got to like thirty thousand as well, mm. or hit something nice. Yeah, yeah. And it was a nice piece of poetry that I'd made. And I just, Dad, Dad, <laughs> oh, look at all these views I've got. <laughs> there was probably an ugly nature to that as well, because then I was chasing statistics and yeah. numbers, and all driven by that. But it does create value in what you do, and it shows what you're doing is being viewed mm. and is important it's really dangerous i think because you get you get so excited about it when it's going well Mm. and then you can put your heart into something and then it gets no nowhere near as many views and you're Mm. like why why isn't this sometimes you know i've put my heart and soul into making this and it's not getting shared so i think it's it is great and it is really important and it does mean it's getting shared but Mm. for me it's it's You've got to sort of not get too excited when it's great and yeah. not get too down when it's... it's a great attitude. Yeah. Because, Be balanced. Yeah, exactly. Just, just you know, stay the course and, and figure it out. Yeah. Cause, and, and then another thief uh, of your happiness is when you're comparing to others mm. and you're seeing everything they've done or even on a superficial level, mm. somebody's posted a picture of their abs out or bum or whatever it is yeah, yeah. and got 400 likes or clicks yeah, yeah. and then you've spent three weeks on a project yeah, 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 yeah. and you get about nine people and one of yeah, them's yeah. your mum. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Lots of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, oh no, yeah, what well, am I wasting my time at? Come to, on, abs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I need to start posting more pictures of my bum, I reckon. <laughs> And singing. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on. A bit of both, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so, are you hugely musically driven? Is that something that you'd... If people describe you, would that be the way they describe yeah, you? It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much all I do now. It's just, yeah. <laughs> just music. Um, and just sort of lock myself away and just make stuff and make stuff. Thanks um, to Boris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks guy. to Boris. I mean, yeah, we're all locked away now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I just spend my whole, t- my whole life doing it. And it's, yeah, it's the main thing I want to do. I, I want it to be my career. I want to just make stuff and I want to gig and I want to, people to enjoy, enjoy my music. I don't really care about obviously being a massive pop star or anything, mm. but I just want to make myself. And if, if some people find a value in it, then I probably do. It, yeah. I say this too much on a podcast, but it's cause everyone I talk to with people I wanted on yeah. and I wanted them on because I love their sound or I love what they're about. Mm-hmm. And with you, I, I, you will become something listening in and hearing what you create and the big sound one man can do. It, it's breathtaking. Thank you. You create what, like, Air Lewis or something like that. You're listening and there's multi-layers and multi-tracks and ambience being created and then tempo change. It mm. is, it's powerful, really Thank good. You, but man. you can do it live as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have two amazing bandmates who help mm. me with everything. Um, so yeah, it all just starts with me in the box, and I'll, I'll just spend ages just producing it. But then I take it to them, and they bring so much. Joey, my drummer, who grew up on the same road as me, he's just like probably the best drummer I know or hmm. up there and he would just make anything sound ten times better and then Sam can he do the jazz drumming as he well he can do a bit of he... everything mate. he can do a bit of jazz drumming he can oh, do um, he's just like so creative as well and we've got like a he, we've got him on like a sort of hybrid electronic and acoustic setup so he plays like a sample pad and then some real drums as well um, so yeah he's adapted to that really well I want to bop him on the air <laughs> yeah. Stop it. I send him like the stupidest <laughs> drum beats because I'm not really a drummer um, so when I'm producing tunes and I will make the drum tracks, I'll just like, sort of like drag and drop samples and like mm. copy and paste it, and then he'll, I'll send it to him. He's like, you know, this isn't a drum beat. Like this isn't what a drummer would play. <laughs> I'll be like, learn it, <laughs> um, and he does, and he does. He adapts really well. So yeah, fortunate enough to have two guys who help me make it like a massive thing live. Does that mean so it's not conventional? It's you're playing four fours or yeah, I will literally be like dragging and drop. And my my whole thing is like I want my music to like catch you off guard sometimes so sort like, of lo-fi-esque yeah you know, so I, the... yeah exactly so i'll be using samples and i'll be like yeah let's swing that a little bit or this sounds a bit too straight let's put the snare where it shouldn't be there mm, so and just mm. try and i just like literally move things around the logic project and just try and make it catch you off guard but then when i send it to joey and he's like well how am i supposed to play that mm. <laughs> do you think you've grown that for any particular reason because how i deliver lyrics isn't rappy mm. you know I, I get bad name calling going online sometimes when you spit you sound like this mm. or you can't do it and it, i feel i'm trying to just be me i'm doing poetry mm. on top of a, a track mm. and i've made my own sound towards it and you you do get better in time yeah did you start off quite naive to music and not knowing all of it so you've done it by accident yeah i mean for me I do think I found what I consider to be like authentic to me now in terms mm. of my sound, but it wasn't always like that. I like I've been in lots of different like bands and stuff, and like when I first started, I was I was in a band with um, all my mates from school, and like, they're, like some of my best mates, and had such a good time doing it. <laughs> but towards the end of it, I was listening to I was making we were basically making like indie pop music, and I was yeah. trying to like basically just be the next whoever we were listening yeah, to yeah of course um and then i got towards the end and i started just listening to more music and naturally i just started throwing more influences in mm. and that was when i was kind of like actually maybe maybe this isn't the, what i want to be doing maybe i want to completely sort of rebrand and find my own thing mm. um and then yeah it's just come over time of just uh just experimenting with sounds like experimenting on logic um and just spending a lot of time just just clicking around mm. trying to find you know the right happy accident um it, it is your sound now isn't it i've listened to it i've listened all on spotify pretty much everything you've done with that. <laughs> thank you thank you for them views you definitely could tell if you came on in a playlist oh that's george gretton on now 100 oh, percent. that's you. how it feels thank you would you say then you plateaued on that and you're happy in this phase you're in or do you constantly want to add, adapt, and find different sounds? Yeah, I'm always, I'm, I'm a big sort of. Well, we hear like African drumming. <laughs> yeah, literally, I, 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 I'm like a huge um, sort of stickler for just trying to find new music um, that I've never heard before, and just like different cultures. I've recently been listening to. I've been recently. I've been listening to a lot of like Somalian funk music and <laughs> stuff like, like just like loads of, and I just like because they, I found this band. Oh, there's a band called Dur Dur Band from Somalia what? from like the 70s and they use the craziest sounds in there like 
some, I don't know if it's a guitar pedal or a synthesizer or what, but they're using the most bonkers sound. And I'm like, how do I get a bit of that in my music? So mm. I'm always like tr- looking mm. around and trying to find stuff. And you'll hear like me just nicking uh, sounds from different cultures and stuff and throwing it into my tracks. That's um, how do you discover these? Is it on Spotify? Do you go on like Spotify, the Spotify? I'll, I'll, yeah, Spotify. I'll go down like YouTube rabbit holes mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'll try and get recommendations. I've got a lot of musical friends, so they're always sending each other music. And, and do stuff, they so. try and catch you off guard? <laughs> I bet George hasn't heard this. And then you're like, yeah, I, I mean, have. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we are, it's, it's less competitive than that, but I think like, I think we all, I've got a few people whose ear I really trust and I know they'll know if I like a track. Mm, um, mm. My siblings uh, probably probably know me the best. My brother sends me music all the time. My younger sister really? sends me music all the time. It's yeah. lovely when people go out their way to yeah, yeah. listen to something and feel, oh, that'll connect with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear this. Because uh, I like what you said about competitive. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. there is that idea, <laughs> oh, I found this first. Yeah. <laughs> Especially among, like, I feel like electronic like DJs and stuff there's there's often from my limited experience there's often the sort of like oh, no one should know like if, mm. if I play this track in the club then I can't tell anyone what it is because yeah, yeah. there's that sort of like competitive side of like I know this tune that's and, crazy you know, isn't um, it it's such a strange mind yeah it is I think for me I just want to if I find a good tune I want to share it with universal people I know or like it yeah, inclusive yeah yeah, yeah. Mm, I, <laughs> I think I've had that in my own psyche before though I know I can reflect I have, yeah. <laughs> to how people have been I, I remember Fat Freddy's Drop mm-hmm. have, you, have you heard of these yeah guys? I've come across them yeah. oh, I love them man mm-hmm. and their first album uh, based on a true story okay. and I just went down this YouTube rabbit hole hit loads of algorithms sent me down there and that was my backing sound for a long time but then when they started coming to Nottingham, I knew these first. And it's such a playful attitude. Yeah, I don't yeah. get tied in by it or egoic by it, yeah, but yeah. I, I know the buzz you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, have you got plans then with your band and what your with lockdown we don't know how long it's going to be we don't know if we'll have bloody festivals back yeah, i'm yeah. so desperate man <laughs> yeah, can you tell I, am, I don't know what to do with myself <laughs> been making online festivals and stuff yeah, my yeah. own but yeah what what do you think you're going to do with this twisting time so uh yeah it's a good question i was like sure at this point last year i was like had everything lined up things are going well i was like this is going to be the year for loads of gigs i'm like i'm going to really like gave my socks off this year playing everywhere and anywhere and just get out there we like the three of us we got when we play live we've got so much kit and we all shove it into my tiny little red Peugeot that you've seen outside um and we're all there like coming up the farm driving track. i've got a guitar on my yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah so we've done like a lot of gigs that and around and we're like yeah this year we're just gonna do as much as we can um and obviously that didn't happen mm. um i think we played one gig last year um, really yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I keep forgetting we've been in this for a year yeah yeah Dude. pretty much wow. um so yeah that was that's um so yeah coming into this year i just i, I want to pick up the gigs as soon as i can mm, and mm. just and just get out of there play anywhere and anywhere and, and just yeah share my music with people and see, see is that like what it. you were before because we, we said on the bus you were part of the maze days the knots crowd yeah would you every week be gigging i feel like to start with we would yeah when especially my first band we would literally just take everything that came our way we Ooh. we put on our own gigs at um do you know the boat club by uh, forest yeah, ground yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we nice. put on our own gigs there um when we were like 17 um we just put on our own nights there and then um 
after that, we, yeah, we, we, we started playing the Mayers regularly mm. and stuff like that. And then it turned into the Bodega and stuff like that. And I, I just had a, a really funny memory uh, from the boat club. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Lewis. Do you know Lewis from Concrete Rose? No, no. Oh, he's tattooed on my arm. Here he is, a little silly there sausage. <laughs> and I'm a tuna pitter. <laughs> there's a story to that. <laughs> uh, Lewis was in Unknown Era, the bass player, okay. and then he went on to make this reggae band, Concrete right, okay. Rose. Really good band. But we used to come to the farm, and when we were just procrastinating and mm. not getting much done, mm. so we'd be playing FIFA all the time, yeah. and then we'd be sat in our pants talking about how we're going to make it yeah. as artists, I'm going to go and make a business and do these things, and then we're like... Another game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. <laughs> that was our life for a while. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, one day we decided we'd wake up because we're practically living here. Mm. And he goes, do you know what? Can we, today we just make a song. We'll, we'll come up with a song first and then we'll play FIFA. Yeah. We made the song in about 20 minutes. <laughs> probably, let's say an hour max. Put it online and then started playing FIFA. And then we went back to it, and it done really well. It. <laughs> it was just going everywhere, shared, doing really good. So then we got a gig offer from the boat club, mm. and they're like, "Oh, lads, love this. Um, would you come and do a gig for us?" Mm. So yeah, we we signed up to this gig, went and give it a go. Now before that, they wanted us to promote. So I got the ukulele and I can't play mu- music. I know three chords on ukulele. I know Maybe three chords four. on ukulele. So yeah. you got the, <laughs> Everyone the knows C, the three. Yeah, yeah. The C's good. Yeah. The G's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but we were going, uh, he's a silly sausage, I'm a tuna pitter. Because I was eating a lot of tuna pitters at right. the time. <laughs> we're going to do a show for you. And I had a massive beard. I was in my pants and Lewis had a big afro. <laughs> we just did this terribly daft song. And that did really well. So then we're looking at each other going... Mate, this boat club, we're going to get hundreds of people there if we're not careful. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be packed out. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands of people Let's wind in a bit. <laughs> yeah. We don't want too many. So, yeah. <laughs> so then we go to this gig really nervously, turning up, take a couple of our mates, get there, empty. <laughs> not a one soul. Just a promoter and a sound man. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like me and Lewis on stage with a guitar playing to our four mates. So that's my boat club story. So. Uh, I've done many a gig where you're just playing to the other bands that are there oh, or like dude. the other acts. I mean, you don't get so disheartened now, do you? When you've matured a bit in your artistry and craft, you sort mm. of think, it's just practice. Mm-hmm. It's just another stage. And one of them people might be you don't know who you're speaking yeah, to or yeah, yeah. singing to. So. Yeah, exactly. And li- you will literally hear an interview with any artist ever and they'll always have a story mm. like that who, mm. who've, who've made it, but they'll say like, yeah, there's been times where if you like my laptop's crashed on stage or like my guitar string broken, I didn't have a good, I couldn't do it or there was no one there. Mm. Like there's always disaster yeah. stories. You've got to have them. You've got to have them. Yeah. It's a learning curve. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then that, uh, sorry, I jumped into your story no of worries. what you're going into though. Uh, and you want to start doing more gigs and getting yeah. back on that train yeah so yeah yeah we were we were um doing loads of gigs with my old band and you just over time i i started becoming more not selective but sort of being like putting more into one gig so i'll be like this mm. is i've got one gig and i'm going to try and pack that one gig out rather than a gig every week i'm going to try and you know make each venue full and after that yeah that just sort of snowboard and i tried the same sort of technique with my current setup which is just me and my two bandmates um who play with me and yeah we've just been trying to gig 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 um and yeah hopefully this year we can get out even further i think that's great what you said um just to go a bit further in why Mm. did you make that decision because Mm. for me 
I highly saturated myself, and I do it with my music, to be honest, but it's a passion project for me yeah, now, yeah. so it doesn't matter if I'm bringing a song out every week, because I just love creation, I can do that, but mm. if you're going into Take It as a Profession, and you want to be a bit more serious about mm. it, you've got to be a bit more tactical, I suppose, so was that towards your thinking? Yeah, it was. I think we, we had played like some amazing gigs, and some awful gigs, like you said, and mm. it got to the point where we were like, okay, how do... How do you make each gig like one? Because my favorite gigs are ones where it's packed out. I yeah, think everyone yeah, does. Like, you know, no one wants to be playing to an empty room. So how do <laughs> how do you do that? And it's just like, well, if you make more of an event of the, mm. the gigs that you're doing and make it, you know, it's, it's like such an important thing and it's your main talking point for a while, then I think other people will feed into that and then you'll hopefully have a really amazing packed out mm. show. Um, and it is hard and it doesn't work all the time. Like you still do get dead nights and stuff, but um, it's turning into an occasion. Yeah. Turning into occasion. That's it. Mm. Um, and I think if, I think it's amazing getting experience gigging every week, but I, I think I got to the point where I was like, I want these gigs to, I just want these gigs to be bigger and better. And how, it, how do you do that? Yeah. It is true, isn't it? Cause if I, saw you week in week out if you get see your name arise again i just think oh i can see him next week mm, and mm. people keep putting it off yeah and then it can go on for months yeah. but if you bring something out or do something every three months oh if i miss this one i can't see him until december now mm. or i can't see him till whenever so i best get to this show yeah and i was like that with music as well like i i put out a single and i was like I don't want to put anything else out for ages because I want mm. everyone to be focused on this. But you can't really do that anymore. No, I feel no, like with streaming now, you've got to be constantly. Yeah, it? it is with with Instagram and Spotify or whatever. You've just got to be posting stuff all mm. the time and sharing stuff all the time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's different. So uh, maybe that will change with with gigging. I don't know. As well, Have but. you managed to keep up with that? the tempo changes of the, of the times of social media I, I like it comes in waves for me like I'll, I'll have like at the moment i'm in like i'm in a hot streak where i'm like yeah i've got something to post every day i <laughs> yeah. know i'm no one posting tomorrow okay. and then there's other times where i've just been like i've got nothing nothing <laughs> nothing mm. in the backlog so yeah, it is hard and i'm i don't enjoy i think if i wasn't trying to do music mm. um i don't think i would be on social media mm. well, i i like to think i wouldn't i probably would but uh i, I like to think that like i'm only here for like trying to plug myself and listening to my friends projects as well um but yeah i i, I don't enjoy being on social media i don't enjoy what it does to me mm-hmm. and i don't enjoy like my psyche after being on social mm. media for a few hours at least you're conscious of it though. yeah yeah and i yeah and, it, and it's not easy in lockdown as well i think because mm. you know you, there's not a lot to do and there's not a lot to like focus your day mm. um it, you can just spend like countless hours on it and it, it sort of uses you rather than you, you yeah know. that's it um, I th- i'm in the current process of trying to turn it back on his yeah. head where I'm using it and yeah. you know I'm messaging you and connecting and mm. fingers crossed we can do a, a collaboration yeah, I've got yeah. this in my heart <laughs> just a cool guy exactly, man. Yeah, <laughs> but well. that is it utilising it and speaking to cool people because there are a amount of times where I've just been scrolling and scrolling my partner goes what are you doing and I think what am I what doing? Am I doing? <laughs> what, seriously? <laughs> what have I spent the last 20 minutes on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she can ask again and I'm like, oh, I'm just speaking to George and he's going to come podcast or, oh, I've got collaboration on here and you can use it to your advantage. Yeah, I think, it's yeah, it's the whole thing of, uh, that people have been talking about recently is just like, if you're a creative or if you're like an entrepreneur or whatever, just make sure you're using mm. it rather than it's using you. Um, making sure that you're not like... Yeah, you're not the product, rather than you. You're using the product. To have you, have you seen the uh, social dilemma? Yeah, I have, yeah, that's, no, it, that's it's a perfect thinking, example. Yeah. But f- from that as well, they're saying 
we all talk about algorithms as this really dangerous, powerful mm. corruption. Mm. But there's the, it's shown that if you just type in puppies all day, that's what you'll be shown. Yeah. So you're also corrupting yourself by what you type in and what you're looking at. Yeah, it is at. a reflection of your, of, yeah. of your own searches and stuff, isn't it? They'll, yeah. they'll only show you what you're putting in. Yeah. So if you can start manipulating it to your own advantage... Yeah. I, I've, I've been doing that, again, buying things, but to better my equipment, mm. like I say, asking for collaborations. Mm. But the searches I'm getting, and particularly on YouTube, so mm. my algorithm in YouTube, it's all on learning. Yeah. I, I do a lot of Final Cut Pro yeah, yeah. and trying to do Logic a bit. Yeah. I don't know you can help me one day, mate. Yeah, I need to do an online tutorial. <laughs> I've bought a MIDI and I've not used it yet. Yeah. I've had a year. <laughs> but, see, I try and spin so many plates. Yeah, yeah. But everything on my algorithm is all on a tutorial in this, this and this. Yeah. I don't feel that's too dangerous. No, I think that's a good thing. And I, I like at the moment, because uh, I've, I've not been able to play football with my mates, mm. um, but uh, literally my YouTube algorithm is just like football clips and stuff and that's not what it looked like a couple months ago <laughs> yeah. it was like all logic tutorials Ableton right. tutorials Pro Tools tutorials all that kind so of stuff so what are you watching because I've, I've got a couple because <laughs> I'm just watching now like Ronaldinho best tricks and stuff now <laughs> at the moment did you ever watch back in the day the really old one where, with the golden boots yeah 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 and the vapours is, that, hits is the bar. that fake it must be it's it got, must be fake he hit it five <laughs> times in a row bing oh, I, I love videos like that, that. oh dude yeah I've gotten a bit of a problem because, okay, I've got Rhythmical Mike mm. on one YouTube profile, mm. but yeah. then I've got the old farm boss, yeah, yeah. and I, I've mixed them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The algorithm's all cross, <laughs> Rhythmical yeah. Mike sound, that's all for my learning. Yeah, yeah. But then when I go on the old farm bus one, that's where the football, yeah, and I've got rugby tackles yeah. as well. <laughs> I love watching big rugby fights, so I started yeah, yeah, on yeah. that, but then it just, it's so appealing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. What's Messi been up to? They know exactly it, yeah. how to get you. Yeah, I, I watch a lot of NFL, and it's That's just like, good one. biggest NFL the biggest hits. Yeah. <laughs> top top yeah. 10 something. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm 12 men. years old, I feel like I'm 12 years old when I'm watching them, I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> okay, this is, I'm going to be honest now, if we're looking at escapism, I've lost hours <laughs> and hours to this. When I get in a, a YouTube trance, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. dangerous, isn't it? It is, yeah. I don't, I don't YouTube know. rabbit holes, I think, are some of the most addictive. Is you, it? You can just, I just think, for, for me well, personally... It's, it's like, visual, there's sound... So stimulating. You, and, oh, yeah, dude. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's in, like, you're learning stuff. And, and yeah, then the thumbnail next <laughs> to it, it, oh, but this will be my last one. Yeah, <laughs> Way <is>. laying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my recent... Um, did you ever... Do you like, like all sport? Uh, I like I like a lot of sport. I I'm not as big of a sports fan as I when I was like a teenager. I was massive into the sports. I, I still watch a lot of footy and I still watch American football and that's about it. Really. I'm a, I'm a big football fan, yeah. but I just love football. Yeah, yeah. I work for Leicester City right. and now we've just made a track together at the minute. It's, it's coming sick. out soon. Really? Yeah, really that's excited. Exciting. Yeah, it's um I work for the Leicester in the community, okay. Leicester City in the cool. community, and uh, I've been going in and out of the club for quite a few years now my mate who I used to play football with is one of the coaches oh, there cool. so he got me in and there was one time uh, we turned up and Danny Simpson's there and I think Vardy was there and I'm giving my talk and trying to get kids into poetry all different schools have come in all the best kids they mm. get treated to go to Leicester City yeah. and as I'm doing this poem the players all walk in 
killed it. <laughs> <laughs> no and longer, like, you're, rhythm, you're not the biggest star in the room anyway. <laughs> but it was good because we got to get them to do some of the poetry and they were uh, reading some of the poetry books out for the kids. It was Amazing. lovely. Love that. But um, when I go with Leicester and sometimes they give us tickets and I get to sit with all the people that work with Leicester and they're the loveliest, mm. kindest people. So mm. that's where my heart lies. Sure. But really, I think I just annoy people because when I'm watching football, I don't pick a team. <laughs> I just love watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad has to pick a team. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He played semi-pro football for Did a he? long time. Yeah, he went Alfreton, Hina. I think he, it's one of them stories where he would have made it. Yeah, Because yeah. everyone talks about Dave Markham and he was this player. He used to play with a couple of old Nottingham Forest legends, okay. uh, Kenny Burns Sick. and so on. Yeah. And... Uh, but they wrote in his book, and they wrote, uh, oh, Dave Markham, one of the best left-backs you'll ever meet, or whatever. <laughs> he was just steady Eddie. Um, but he met my mum and went on that path instead. It's always, always the, the... fall to the romance, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's... He's got this tribal mentality when right. it comes to football. He loves to be involved. And when he had to stop playing football for a while, and he used to support Forest and then went Leeds, mm. took a, lo- a long time out... But my sister's partner is a big Arsenal fan. Mm. So when they all come round together, it is a nice vibe. My dad's yeah. decided to pick Arsenal and it's just they're all getting up together. <laughs> and then I think, oh, maybe I'll be an Arsenal fan for this match. I'm, um, I'm a Spurs fan. So. Are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, you've got more to laugh at yeah, than yeah. us. Well, not we lost, <laughs> lost to Liverpool last night. 3 1 1 it. It was good. The <laughs> last game where Pete was allowed to come down, mm. my sister's partner. We he, he was really talking bad on Iwobi, mm. just slating him. And he was on the bench. Mm. And then at the 89th yeah. minute, Iwobi comes on. And I just went, and he's like, why are you bringing him on? What are you doing? And I went, Pete, just put a tenner on. Him scoring. He put a tenner on. And he scored. And I remember. Cheered him up. We went mental. We went to the pub. We had some food. We, I think Does he, he love Iwobi now? 150 quid. Maybe 300 quid. It was something like that. But it was a lovely moment. And that was one of them where I thought football is good it is good it's, it's definitely can... yeah there's a lot of connection and it is lovely there's obviously some idiots that in everything that mm. ruin it but what yeah. sort of player were you like then um <laughs> I, I like to think of <laughs> i like to think of myself as like quite uh, a skillful good passer but really i think i was you know i'm allowed to swear yeah every course, every, yeah. every every team needs like the team dickhead <laughs> don't they like and i you think i see the calmness of everyone after this <laughs> they swear once on in like i'm done <laughs> so. Yeah, every, I think every team needs a team dickhead, yeah, like a nasty uh, yeah. player who will like leave foul in. Is that you? And I, I think I, I realised that I wasn't strong enough, wasn't fast enough. Yeah, but I could, I could like compete. I was like, I got yeah. like, quite a competitive good, good mindset. mindset. So oh. that was, I was, I was a bit of the team dickhead for a while. I think, I think now I'm less so. But yeah. did you used to play five aside as well? I used to play. Five, I still play five aside now. Some, sometimes play seven aside, and I want to get back into eleven aside. I miss Dude, it. Dude, I'm desperate. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done my ACL and, and MCL at the same time. Oh mate, it was a niggly match, and I've never been semi-pro level but it was good standard sure. it, we were playing Sunday league where it's terrible and yeah, just yeah, a laugh yeah. but then your Saturday team are, yeah, we might be alright right, so. um, but it was in one of the Sunday matches as well and this guy would just been back and forth in all match and the ball was miles away and we were running side by side and he come in 
like from quite far away, side by side, but then smashed into me, and my leg just went the complete wrong oh. way. Oh, do you oh. not remember? And then because it was a cup match, and I think it might have been a quarter final or whatever it was, all my mates were get up, get yeah, up. Yeah. So I did. I got up. My knees jelly. massive, and uh, I'm running off. I'm trying to run a. A ruptured ACL and MCL off, and I, play, I played the rest of the match. <laughs> yeah, walk it off. No, <laughs> no maybe I, I played on about five or ten minutes, and I was like, guys, this no, is but... not right. Kept like giving way. But, oh, COVID times, man, I need to have that done. Yeah. That's probably another year out anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's just a shout out. I really love sport boxing. Yeah. I tried MMA, football. Mm-hmm. That's my where my heart was always at was sport. That's mm. how I was brought up and grown. Yeah. Were you more of the musical side? No. Well, yeah, I was a bit of both. I mean, I, I, all my mates, uh, like, I love them to pieces, but it was all, like, always, like, I was, like, mates with the lads and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. like, <laughs> talking to them about, like, writing lyrics and stuff just isn't something you do. Like, <laughs> like, We've been on the same journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, feel it. I always also the team dickheads. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's something connected. A yeah. little union and team dickheads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could you uh, imagine uh, um but yeah no i like i've always been musical and i've always been interested it wasn't like Mm. with my with my mates i was never like yeah i'm I'm writing lyrics about this it was the lads lads then yeah like we have banner and stuff but Mm -hmm. they're 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 all good guys but um yeah still close yeah yeah still really good mates with all my all my mates from school really fortunately enough um but yeah i I never really opened up about my musicals it's always that's something i did Mm. maybe that's why i'm like bedroom producer now because Mm. i was always like just sitting hiding with my guitar, it, yeah. hiding away, like, mm. and obviously I did gigs and I and got people down, but that was when I was playing with my mates, but actually writing stuff and creating stuff, it wasn't something I, I liked to open up about at mm. all. Um, and I still, I still find it tricky to like talk to my mates who have, who've known me the whole life and be like, yeah, this song's about this or this song's about that. Cause they're like, but, but the when when they did see it unfold yeah. and your music coming out, what was the response like? What did you oh, have always had like hella supportive and like, just really? like, yeah, every, yeah, they're like lovely guys, but it's, it's just for when you grow up and you know, you, you want to be a footballer or whatever. And then starting to open up about creative stuff. It, mm. I just, I've just never found it easy. And, and that's like, you, you go into a whole different thing about what that's about. But mm, like, mm, um, mm. but for me, like I'm, I'm starting, I'm getting better open up about my creative, my creative process and stuff. And it's the same with like collaborations as well. I'm, I'm really bad at like being in a room with someone and writing lyrics mm, because mm. I feel like writing lyrics for me is like the most, um, it's the most like personal thing you can do. You're like literally just, what am I what am I actually feeling like the deepest deepest like the truest feeling and mm. how do I get that down paper it's, it's not an easy thing for people to open up about especially if you're like a, a blokey bloke yeah it's masculinity like, yeah exactly and, mm. I mean I've definitely had that experience when Ripley is where the EDL or BMP sort mm. of bred from sure. so you sort of get an idea of the mentality mm. and for me I love the lads sort of banter mm. but I was very much a social butterfly because I've been brought up in a very different way sure. so I thought differently my granddad was from Persia mm. he was a doctor Amazing. in the community so already my mum's very liberal because that sort of well we've got somebody of a different ethnicity and race in quite a racist place <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. We're, yeah. we're open people yeah. and then closed off there was a lot of um I don't want to say animosity, but it was a strange attitude at school. I had uh, different views, mm. and that could uh, alienate you. Mm. And later on, 
I didn't have the best upbringing. It was a bit hard and authoritative, so I've become a nan kid. Mm. Now, I got really fat from being a nan kid because, you know, Kinder Eggs, <laughs> Marmite sandwiches, <laughs> just all the good stuff. Anytime you want nan, <laughs> got a little bell. <laughs> I got really fat. So I was in this uh, really bullied, and I just wanted to make connections and be happy and friendly, and i become a butterfly from that. Mm. I didn't have a massive friendship circle, but then later on when I did find poetry i found a passion coming out of the closet of being a poet (laughs) it was really tricky so i put a few things on and first of all it was all mockery and everyone have you seen what mike is up Mm, to sharing it as if it's one of them everyone laugh at this sort of things and then later on when i'm supporting the rizzle kicks i've played on a stage with russell brand i've been all over the country with it it, t- it turned into this, oh, have you seen what Mike is up yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a completely different display of it. And it's just strange that, first of all, most people, when it's new, they're, they're a bit, what's this? Yeah. But then when you start doing okay with it, it's like, oh, interested. Yeah, for mm. sure. And you and I think I was, I was always like scared of failure with it. And mm. like talking about it, I didn't want it to like seem, I don't, I don't embarrass myself. Like I felt embarrassed mm. talking about yeah, writing songs or whatever initially. But then you start to realise that, like, even your fate, like, even my favourite artists in the world, they still get people who slate them online. Yeah, they still, yeah, yeah. They yeah. still get people who hate their music. Mm. And you start to realise, actually, mu- someone's song isn't for everyone. Like, it's never going to be mm. for everyone. No one's ever going to like one song. So just make it. And if someone likes it, someone likes it. And if mm. not, who cares? Cause... I think that's the perfect attitude. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good discovery as an artist. And I think a lot of people would benefit from going on that path. Yeah. Because where. You know, we focus on comments and particularly the negative comments. And it's just that, like you said before, balance it. Don't focus too much on the good ones or the bad ones. Just keep creating and making your music and let the the good ones come along for the ride with you as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's it's really interesting that, you know, people are always so quick to mark, like you said. Mm. But in actual fact you know once it gets it's it's never going to be your music is never going to be for your friends like they will be the ones who will help you share it initially or in other people's cases mock them initially but if you really want to like get your music out there and it's going to be the 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 moment that you touch a random stranger Mm. that's going to be more valuable to Mm. you like obviously it's amazing when your friends or your or your your parents share your music but they're always they're always going to back you Mm. but like yeah, it's the, I think music, when it's really amazing, is when, like, a random stranger, like, and you have a moment of connection. Mm. And that's why, yeah, you've just got to kind of cut out the noise with everyone who knows you and isn't going to like it anyway. That they've always been my best moments yeah. when you've done a gig, or even online, when somebody neutral that didn't need to come out their way yeah. to tell you that that touched them or that meant something to them. But they've really made a moment of it. So that that's when it feels, oh, this is what I want to do. This is special. It's really, like, rewarding, isn't mm. it, when you have that moment moment it makes it all worthwhile it makes all the like the graph the studying algorithms studying whatever mm, all yeah. the like this like sleepless nights of finishing off music <laughs> or whatever and then you just have someone who's just like you know, sorry for the random message but this thank is, you so much you for, for what this. you've done yeah yeah and you're like mm. oh shit this has actually had an impact on someone That's- i've always my favorite uh, message i've ever received and i, I get it quite a, a lot is I really don't like poetry, but I love what you did. (laughs) It's nice because I feel they've tuned in and thought, I'll give this guy a bit of time. Mm -hmm. And then they've had 10 seconds and then 20 and then 30 and thought, I'm in. Actually, I'm sold. And I've I've 
maybe converted somebody into it and you know poetry there's so many different avenues and ways of telling a story and writing your lyrics and portraying a message it's not just for the elites yeah exactly that's i guess that's testament to to the way you like you you're so authentic with your poetry i like i i I was telling you before i'm not like a massive poetry person but like when you find someone like you you for those people you've connected with you may have um opened like the world of poetry up to them mm, and then they might avenues, they, yeah. then they might start getting more into different poets and stuff as well so yeah it's um i i think yeah it's testament to how authentic you are with it look some some lovely moment or is when people go i've never wrote a thing before but i saw what you did and i've given it a, go, it a go and then they've sent me something through and that's oh it. man i, I honestly getting goosebumps yeah. now thinking of it and <laughs> that it that that's a lovely encouragement because i was terrified of writing uh, dyslexic at school had an awful experience hated education particularly writing that was the one area i used to get laughed at all the time i wasn't allowed in my english classes in the end i was in bottom set and then i used, I, I think i threw a table or did something <laughs> a mikey would do were you quite were you quite a naughty kid i was i got kicked out yeah. man I, both got primary school i got asked to go to another one secondary school and then there's a good story there and i um I go into schools and tell people this and tell my true story. I don't go in and like, I was that poster boy kid, but I just give my honest, authentic story. And it is of really not understanding my place in life, not doing well in education, finding severe mental health, but then writing saved me. And it is that story, I suppose, where you can go in and and give a good keynote speak on it, but it's just true. Mm. It it was some, a passion. It Mm. come to me. But writing in particular is just so beautiful to be able to decipher everything that's going on in your mind, going back through all your past, looking at all them painful experiences, happy experiences, and laying them out for yourself mm. and trying to piece together that. A good writer for me is somebody that's been on a journey and got a lot of tales or wisdom, advice, whatever it is. Have you been on a bit of a journey then to be to make good writing or can you just tell a good story? I think, I think for me, I think I'm a, di- a different style of lyricist to a lot a lot of people in that I'm I'm really rubbish at like being like I did this and then I did this and this is how I felt. Mm. For me, like my favorite lyricists have always been people who like um, on like the ninth or tenth listen. You're like, actually, does he mean this? Actually, mm. does he mean this? And like, mm. I li- I like sort of like abstract or like. Um, it's quite metaphorical, uh, like lyricist, um, and I guess like I'm kind of like that as well. And maybe mm. that's stemming from never wanting to open up too much about my emotions again. But like I'm always just like, <laughs> hey, there's a common thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, What's here. up with you, boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's time for you've, therapy. You've, um, yeah, to you've unveiled me. <laughs> uh, I'm really digging out. No, I, I'm like a Louis Theroux by accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I done? don't want that power. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but I like. Um, I like. I like writing lyrics and sort of like do a do a how i'd put it is just sort of like telling a story but not being so explicit that like mm. i want people to not work but i want people to you know on the still be getting stuff from it on the mm. third or fourth listen mm. um and because that's what i like doing when i hear lyricists so um i wouldn't say i'm like a a wise old journeyman with mm. telling mm. T- tales of my life on the road <laughs> or whatever the uh, yeah yeah exactly um but but yeah, I do. I do like put of truth into my lyrics, but I mm. also I also like masking it with um, with trying to like like trying to make it 
um, something that people will get value from after a lot of lessons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. I've just gained a real deep appreciation for this and on trenders and metaphors in music because for me, I was growing up on the streets, yeah. Mike Skinner, and very much I can visualise everything. I'm in the picture. He's pointing, at, he's pointing at what he's seeing and he's saying, this is happening here, this is happening 100%. here. A hundred percent. But still being good enough to play with the words yeah. and use nice imagery. Oh, it's imagery. brilliant at it, yeah. It's brilliant yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's like the the wetness of his clothes and yeah. you can feel that yeah. and it's crisp and something mm. against it. So I've loved that because it's direct yeah. and to me and I can relate to that. And part of my mental health back in there, <laughs> but I, I went through sort of psychosis and and really severe poor mental health and the funny thing what you said there is do you know when people were doing metaphors simile and sort of messages to decipher and work out i felt a bit annoyed by it yeah uh, do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's different style they're, yeah. they're trying to be better than me yeah, I, yeah. I, it was a, it was a terrible attitude that i had but it was a young attitude and i didn't understand why they couldn't just say it as it was yeah yeah but now I've come out of that mental health. I feel much better in myself, more grounded, and I'm listening to music differently. Mm. As I've done that, the appreciation and love, and even reading old ancient poetry now, I've got a love and a deep appreciation for what it is. And to listen to a message, to look at the metaphor, look at a simile, mm. and really get to sieve between it and piece it out, and, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas at school, if you ask me to do that on poetry, I'll yeah. F off, yeah, 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 yeah. What it just means that clearly. <laughs> and I think a good idea for educators or teachers, I go into schools and teach poetry, and how we can make it more engaging in a classroom, and it'd be a good idea to get the kids to be poets first or become writers. And then when they go on to talk about mythical figures and look at how they write, they'd be more engaged with it, more interested in doing yeah. it. I think the problem is we look at writers and they just seem... There's a writer and there's what they are, mm. where everybody could be included in a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you feel you are something, yeah, you're more inclined to look at it. 100%. I've, I, felt like, I felt like that with music, like... Uh, when I was learning music at school, like I didn't enjoy it. It was only when I like made music um, by myself, when I was like, actually, I'm going to try making something. Mm. That I actually like really fell in love with it. It was like singing in school. I never enjoyed it that much, mm. like um, or whatever. And then, yeah, once I started actually writing myself, um, I was like, actually, there is. I may as well listen to music, and that's mm. when I actually started like trying. It was one of the only subjects I actually tried in at school because, you know, I I was like actually they're doing something, and yeah, like you say, like even uh, like books or at school or films at school, I could never really related to it mm. until afterwards. Like if you watch the same, uh, you'd watch like a film at school, and then if I watched it now, I'd much more enjoy it now just because mm. I've not been made to mm. watch it. So yeah, I think it's a good idea to. to Get kids turn to, them like, into writing, the creator, yeah. turn exactly. them into the writer, turn them into the musician, and then when we start looking at the analysis yeah, behind yeah, yeah. it, they're going to have a much more uh, grounded aspect towards it. Yeah, I it makes it way more relatable. Yeah, like, that's it. Just, that's that's what we want. Yeah, yeah. When we go, what was William Wordsworth thinking over here? Yeah, I don't know who this guy is, yeah. what it means, what this daft poem is. But when you become a little William Wordsworth, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've got a story that is worth listening to, and people want to hear because you've spent time on it, you go, oh, what's this guy doing back then? Oh, 
he used to be on heroin. He had loads of like prostitutes living yeah. with him. Okay, I like the sound of this guy. I've been to his house. I learned, I learned all the things William Wordsworth. He was a geezer. <laughs> Cheers for that, Martin. You took me. With 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 all that, yeah. And you're writing, and and how you write. Mm. Has it changed in time as well? Have you found influences from different people or? Um, yeah, I, I think I think so. I think um, I think your, your situations change in your life, and mm. that just that's just reflected in your lyrics. I don't think I'm like I think it's difficult to say like I'm a better lyricist than I was five years ago because every style is different, and I was a much different style in a few years ago than I am now. Mm. And I, I like like you said, like people like the streets, I could never do. I'm not saying he's worse than me. I could never do anything remotely mm. close to how he writes. Mm. Um, it's just not how I write. This is why our collaboration makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm going to pin you on this. <laughs> You're not getting past no, I'm, I'm game, bro. I'm game. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, um, and, and likewise yourself, I could never write the way that you do because um, I, I don't know. It's just it's just not how I com- like mm. compute my feelings. Um, I just, I, I'm more like... I write lyrics when I'm, you know, when I'm by myself and I'm, I'm sort of, um, I don't know, just re- really digging deep and, and, and trying to, um, not mask it, but, but yeah, like I was saying, mm, just, just mm. trying to make it, make it something that people want to unpick. Hidden. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's not to say I'm like the most, um, metaphorical lyricist mm, in the world. Mm, I'm, I'm definitely mm. not. Um, but I, yeah, I've definitely like developed a style that I, I'm comfortable with and, and, and with um with the voice we were yeah. touching on that it's bloody good like oh, thanks, <laughs> you have a fucking beautiful voice thanks, it's mate. stunning did you have a mentor pick you up and somebody back in day again <laughs> or anyone go do you know what Gretton you need the, to start going around well, with that uh yeah Mr Dyer at school my music teacher he was always really supportive of me and hey uh, bruv big up if you're watching Ken <laughs> Um, yeah, he he was really, really sports to me. But to be honest, I was I I I still maintain I was a really crap singer at school. I, mm. I, I, I like and when I was growing up, I, I was I'd sing in bands because I liked being in a band. Mm. Um, and I I I think with singing for me, it was just always a confidence game. And now I'm like feel like okay, I know how where my voice sounds good and where it doesn't sound good. Mm. So I've, I think I've got like a original voice in that. Like I I know where not to go because mm, i'm mm. not a virtuoso singer where um if i i can i'm really versatile i i write my songs which i know will suit my voice mm. and i know i can belt them if i need to um and i know that yeah i know that what my range is so um yeah so i've it's definitely developed over time and i've definitely got more confident with it um especially i think being a solo artist is the most sort of like baptism of fire kind of thing you can do with your vocals because when you're in a band and you've got backing singers all the time and stuff you mm. kind of and you're like a big sort of loud noisy band you can kind of get away with just shouting down the microphone whereas if you're sat just with the keyboard by yourself and you're having to like impress people with your vocals mm. then all of a sudden you, it's like get get mm. good or, or you're rubbish <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah i've definitely like grown in confidence to that do, do you sure. still have lessons or anything in there no, no I've, i had one singing lesson mm. uh and no, I have never Didn't been, go never to plan back. or um, it was just like a tester lesson, and I just I don't I like singing songs that I like, and mm. I was singing like songs that I didn't like, so I was just like <laughs> uh, uh, there was no, nothing against singing lessons. Like I, I could definitely use some for sure. It's like, that high pitch you go to, <laughs> yeah, the falsetto, yeah, falsetto <laughs> for you, dude. It works so well. Oh, thanks, mate. Does, does it 
just feel comfortable when you get to that point. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my a lot of my favorite singers sing like um, do you know Bon Iver or yeah, like Frank Ocean's yeah. people like that. They mm. sing. They're some of my favorite vocalists, and they sing like really nice falsetto sometimes. And for me, it just feels like I I never really had like a big deep voice or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had quite like a, a voice where I could go high if I needed to. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just like it. Like I used to be kind of like shy. I used to want to like belt my vocals mm-hmm. and still that works sometimes but I, I do like going to the falsetto yeah. I, I love when artists do create a sound like the falsetto is sort of a signature for you I suppose do you know um, with Paolo Nettini yeah. it's got that like grouty yeah. sort of down here and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does he sound like that in interviews? I don't know. I don't, I don't watch. One of my mates is a really big Pano Pano oh, fan, so I'll ask him. He's genius. Yeah, he's got I've a super like growly voice. Times, yeah. But I've not really watched interviews. No. I just wonder if that is him. I, yeah, he, apparently he's Scottish, but when he sings, he doesn't sound not Scottish at all. At all. Not he at sounds all. like really like I don't know, like like sitting in a pub, mm. like an old folk singer or something. My favorite <laughs> is like Geordie's or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they talk like that in an yeah. interview, and then suddenly you just see this. Hey, da da, and he's just like, what? What happened? <laughs> yeah, 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 how yeah. can you just go from it's like that Jay to that? Bug, his voice uh, yeah his, yeah you know, he's like from clifton and uh <laughs> he's, he sounds like he's Nottingham. from tennessee or something yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah fair play he's got an amazing voice so. is, I, i've just looked on here i forgot to plug my laptop in we're on four percent oh i love that battery no we've got four percent battery <laughs> do, uh, do you want me to stop it or would you it's up to you man well Oh, would you ever come back for a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> would you ever yeah, do this again? Yeah, of course I would. I'm sorry, everybody. Mm. You know, sometimes yeah. you just leave a daft one. And I, <laughs> I know it's inside, so then we'd stop and everything. <laughs> but what we could say is, if we were wrapping it up, mm. where can people find this new track of yours? Yeah. What have we got next? And when are we collaborating? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm so really sorry guys, about that, dude. No, no, it's uh, absolutely fine. So um, we got we got really sidetracked by education and feelings been, and everything. We've been everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. I, I saw the 4% flash up and low battery. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> so I've got my got my 3% to plug myself. Yes. And uh, <laughs> no more talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let me go and No, 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 man. It's easy. Uh, so, um, yeah, listen to my new single on Spotify. It's called Sideline. Mm. Um, and, yeah, just come say hello to me on social media whether it's instagram or whatever and still four percent mate don't worry really you don't have to that quick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i'm always what, what's coming up i'm always just writing so i've got new music coming uh, very soon and um yeah I, i'm just i'm producing for other people as well at the moment so I'm producing okay for, do you make uh, lo-fi I feel like I just use this platform as a thing <laughs> yeah. for my own, my real selfish gain. <laughs> I, don't, I don't make like classic lo-fi. I, I could recommend someone who does, mm. but um, I, I, I've just been like producing. So what, what I like doing at the moment is like getting people who've recorded tracks at home, mm. and then just they'll just say like, just have fun, some fun with it, give mm. it some character, give it like, just mess around with some sounds. So uh, there's a band called B Sides who I've been working with recently. Um, they're from Coventry, and one of my mates from schools in them. And they're an amazing band, so I've been producing on some new music for them. That's really sick. Um, and a guy called Rish Kaura, who is a good friend of mine as well, I've been producing a couple of tracks for him. And yes, yeah, so I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying mm, just like mm. just working like remote, like pr- producing remotely, like over the internet, and then just, just sending things back and forth. Why I love the yeah. internet now, social media. Yeah. You, you can find people. You can go on rabbit holes of finding people and creatives, yeah. and then creating new sounds through that because obviously you're going to have a totally different influence to however other many people yeah. I'm working with at the minute and yeah. it it does if you 
I think the important message for me is if you can use social media for your advantage to go and with your passion make it the best it can be mm, mm-hmm. rather than what did you say before letting it use you i think that's yeah, a lovely yeah, attitude yeah, yeah. totally i'm gonna try and utilize that yeah it's it's, mm. it's a battle and it's not easy like uh, people always talk about it but it's really not easy mm. to be the be the person like so disciplined with social media that, like i'm going to get inspiration from here and i'm mm. gonna publish my own work but i'm not gonna be like mindlessly scrolling and i'm mm. not going to be going down algorithm rabbit holes and stuff like mm. i'm just gonna you know get the most out of it it's hard i'm, I'm not good at it but um it, it's like something i'm gonna, i'm trying to get better at for sure so next time when you're on mm. we'll be talking about the track that we've just made together yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> where we'll be talking about radio one play yeah, and yeah, that yeah. crazy time we had and our favorite football goal because yeah, i would have yeah. had that operation <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> we've got our two minutes uh not even two minutes we've probably got two percent left so i'll say goodbye to everybody thank you for being here you knew where to find him where is it George, George Graham, Graham Music, music yeah. on everything Spotify I really recommend it it's a beautiful add to your Spotify collection and that's what I want so guys remember be nice to one another we've got 1% left I best shut up have a good life see you soon <laughs>